Hello, dear friends. It's Carly, and welcome to another episode of the I Learned Podcast. I could not be more happy that you are here or that I am here. (sighs) Welcome. Welcome to this space where we get to just be. (sighs) Right now, this morning, I... (laughs) You guys, I literally woke up and I felt hungover because I'm like sore throughout my body from how excited I was yesterday. (laughs) And uh, I haven't shared this because as you all know, uh, and I'm sure adore, I am wildly inconsistent. So I, you know, I get an idea and I do it as long as it feels fun. And then I get another idea and then I do that some more. So Yeah, I don't like to share new things until they have a second to like, you know, take a little bit of root. And who knows, this is still very early, but I have not had any alcohol in five days. And that is a pretty significant chunk of time compared to the last, call it three years, um, where drinking alcohol has been basically a regular thing for me, um, mostly every day. I don't, um, I'm going to, I'm going to just be totally authentic and say, I have shame around admitting that, that I was mostly drinking every day for close to three years. And there were a couple periods. Well, like Jesus, this award is getting, or this episode is going to win the award for like most surprising turn of events. Um, never in a million years did I think I would that I was ready to admit this because also admitting it feels risky because what if I want to go back to drinking every day? Like, you know, I, and where does the shame come from that? Like, I mean, having a few beers every day, like, why am I ashamed of that? I have the shame. I know I can feel it right now, (laughs) but like, why? Why is that there? Where does it come from? Who said that that's bad and wrong and punishable by, you know, being outcast from society? Like, you know, does that, does that make me a different person that like, that's how I choose to spend my evenings, you know, basically every day for the last few years. Um, but all of that to say, you know, there was this this period, it was actually right around a year ago, not quite a year ago. It was, it was in October last year where I just, I didn't want alcohol. It didn't sound good. And because of that, I stopped drinking. I did, well, I mean, I like didn't have anything to drink that day because it didn't sound good. And the next day it didn't sound good. And by day three, I was like feeling like different and that was cool. And so I just didn't, you know, like didn't drink there for a while. It wasn't any kind of like intention, but at the same time, I felt like I really like seeing that this is a break that I can take that like, there's not a dependency. Like I know it was a habit, but habit I think is different than dependent. You know, there's a different level of control, even in the habit, there's some control And I don't like that. I don't like to be controlled. I don't know if you guys know that about me, but I like to do what I want to do. And even if I want to drink, 
I don't like the idea that the drink is having me instead of me having it. So yeah, I like to be conscious of like my relationship with these things. And even though I was conscious, I was still doing it. I was still having a few beers every evening, basically every evening, you know, like every day. Um, and that's been an interesting unfolding. And then five days ago, it, it again unfolded out of just like circumstance. And it was like, I did drink Monday. I had my few beers and those were my last few beers. And then the next day I didn't have any. And I was like, well, I'll go get some. And then I was like tired and I was like, I just, whatever. I just, I'm not going to go get some. I'm just going to chill here and I'll have some water and whatever. I'll get some tomorrow. And then tomorrow came and by that point, I have one day of no drinking and it had been almost, you know, a year. That that chunk of time last year lasted for about 35 days. I didn't have a beer. And then and then I don't I don't ever get political on this podcast for a reason because it doesn't fucking matter. So and then something happened, like my candidate won the presidential election and I had a beer to celebrate. I had two beers actually. Um, I brought home from the store that night because it ended up being called on a Saturday and I worked that day. So I brought two beers home from the store and I had them and it was delicious and so joyful. It was such a joyful evening and I didn't drink again until the following Saturday. So like a week later and I was really proud of myself for not drinking for the six days after I drank that first time. Like I was really proud and I celebrated with bringing home two beers. And that was the beginning of, again, being in the habit of having a few beers every evening. So it's a slippery slope. So I'm fascinated now, like this is, you know, out of the last few years, I took off those 35 days and now I have yesterday was the fifth day of not drinking and today will be day six. And it's really interesting because I've been in this powerful energy all of Leo season. Um, so I have that going on. I have this podcast where I am finding more joy than maybe I ever have in like, not even just this lifetime, but like any lifetime that I've ever lived. Um, I just feel like I've really found this rhythm of my soul that like there's so much joy here in this space of making these episodes and that has gotten really dominant because I've recorded like basically every day for like the last three weeks and you know they say it takes 21 days to make a habit. So I've recorded every day for well and I I've missed like maybe one or two Um here and there. And I don't sweat that, but like basically every day for three weeks. And yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of hoping on some level that I would rather have a habit of creativity than a habit of drinking. So like, I'm pretty clear about that. I, I am more dominant in that awareness than I've ever been. I'm more grounded in my own creative practice and the joy of my creative practice than I've ever been. And getting to live here is delicious beyond anything I could have. Yeah, like 
basically at this point, like I, it's, it's the easiest that it's ever been to not drink in these last three years because I just like, don't want it. I don't need it. It feels like a step down from where I am. And yeah, that feels really cool to know and to be here and to, to, you know, run the risk that I'm totally full of shit. Like I usually am. And that I'm just going to be inconsistent and that two weeks from now I'll be back to drinking. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but this is what I know today. And I, I have learned that the more I ground into what I know and the knowing that feels good to me, that the more stable and the more sturdy that knowing is. And I, yeah, I feel really strong in where I am. It's also, yesterday was day five, no beer, and day three of yoga. And I've, this is like so funny. Um, it's just probably another place that I have some shame is how little I exercise. <laughs> um, let's just like do a full shame dump, right? Like let's, let's on this lo- long train of cleaning out Carly's closets of all of her gunk and ick and all of these things. Um, I also have shame around not exercising and there's part of me that literally wants to like it'll occur to me, I'll get ideas, I'll think about times in the past where I was in shape and exercising felt so good because I was in shape and my body wanted it, like craved it. And then when you did the exercise, it was just this magical experience. And now I'm like sorely out of shape. Um, so I just like, I just keep sitting here, you know? Um, so that's also been the last few years. Like when I was living in Dallas, when I moved to Kansas, which was just over four years ago, um, in Dallas, I was a runner and I had done a half marathon and lots of other little races. And, um, I ran, I mean, almost every day. And if I didn't run, I still went for lots of walks because I had my dog, um, Stella at that point. And yeah, so I was out there, I was moving, I was getting lots of miles every week and felt really, really good. And it just, when I moved here, it just stopped. I just didn't do any of that (laughs) because a lot, because I didn't realize how dependent I was on the habit that I had formed was a lot around Stella because in Dallas, I lived in an apartment and unless you took her to the dog park, which was a mile away from my house, which we did walk there sometimes, but like you had to have her on a leash and you had to walk with her to take her anywhere. So, and she had so much energy. So the running just kind of naturally happened. Like she was yanking at the leash, wanting to go faster. And that really did kickstart me running. And then when I moved to my house that I live in now, and for the last four years, I mean, it's, it's a three acre place and like in out in the country and like I open the door and she goes outside and she stays out there as long as she wants. And then she comes back inside and she goes places and she sees people. And 
Um, the neighbors told me that they let him in sometimes over there and like feed him treats and pet him. So I mean, like that's how my dogs go outside. They just like go out there. And so there's no longer a requirement for me to go out there. And so a lot of times I just don't like, I am a bump on a log, like really (laughs) in a lot of ways. I really enjoy mental activities. So physical activities often just, it's such an afterthought that I just don't feel like it anymore. I didn't save any energy for that. I didn't prioritize any energy for that. And so yesterday was day three of doing yoga and that feels so good on top of not drinking and not drinking means that I'm drinking way more water. So like all of this, I didn't do any of it. Like I don't, I didn't make some plan about like, oh, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to eliminate these things that I'm doing. I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to get more exercise. I'm going to make a plan and I'm going to stick to it. Because we all know, like, I just, I'm not even capable of doing that. I've tried it a lot of times, and I'm just not capable of doing that. I have to go with my own flow. I do what I feel like doing. And some of us are like that, right? Like, not all of us. Some people can, like, really use their willpower. And on my upcoming human design episodes that I have planned, we're going to talk a lot about how and why we're all wired the way we are. Um, but right now I am more than ever accepting my need to go with my own flow. And what I'm realizing kind of going back to the beginning of like my shame around having a few beers every day, my shame around not exercising, my shame around not taking as good a care of myself as I quote unquote should be. I hang that over my head often And yesterday, I feel like I got a glimpse at a deeper understanding of why I do that and what, like, what the pull is. Because the thing about it, like, these last five days, or any time really, when I'm not drinking, there's more hours in the day. And that used to sometimes be a bad thing. Because when you don't feel good, it isn't a great thing that there's more hours in the day. And so there were times, um, and this was kind of where the drinking started when I was very stressed with my new business and uh, running it and the growing pains of like getting going um, and the immense amount of energy that that took uh, on a daily basis. So much extroverting. (laughs) like. Like just 10 hours a day, seven days a week of extroverting. And that's just, oh my goodness. And being around other people, which again, yesterday gave me a whole new perspective on why that's so hard for me um, to be physically around other people, especially in mass. Um, but yeah, it, it was a very difficult time. And by the time I would come home at the end of the day, um, the best thing that I could think to do was just like forget about everything and just have a few beers and go to bed. And that became my ritual of like come home from my stressful day and have a few beers and go to bed. And 
I mean, I was still doing my morning time every morning. So, I mean, I was making progress every day and still up until five days ago. I mean, this has still been what I've been doing. So, you know, I think about that too. Like the first few months of this podcast, I've been having a few beers every night. Like that's, that's my, my routine and my habit. And it, even though I have shame, it still feels good to just say this out loud. And like, it feels like, like I'm kind of setting myself free of this too. Not necessarily of like, of alcohol itself. I'm not saying at all that I'll never drink again because who the hell knows. Um, but I, it feels good to own that I'm in the driver's seat. I get to, I get to decide what I feel like doing. And honestly, that more than anything lets me off the hook for these last three years of like, I felt like drinking. That was the best idea that I could come up with at that time with what I knew and where I was and how my life was going. Those few beers every evening, it worked for a time and that really like there is a part of me that is trying to reassure me that there is no shame in that. There is no shame in reaching for something that's helping you feel better. There's no shame in reaching for a better feeling anything. That's what we're here to do. Find relief however you can and do that. Do that. Just do it again and again and again and always be on the lookout for ways to find relief. And that's what I'm saying about this podcast and my creativity and finding the flow of my source and my inner being is like starting this podcast a few months ago, this has been a lifelong dream to get to have a platform where I get to speak anytime I want. And to realize that dream in February earlier this year and now be in such a vivid momentum of experiencing it, this has relief. This has directionality to it. This has its own momentum and its own purpose and its own life source. Like there is so much life in doing this for me that like, I think I think, obviously it's only been five days and we don't ever know what will happen today or tomorrow or any of that, but I think, like I said, alcohol now feels like a step down from where I am. Like I'm, I think I've, I moved through that phase and it, like I said, it worked for a time. So really there's no reason to beat up on myself for making those choices because I did the best I could. I'm still doing the best I can. And from where I am right now, the best I can looks different than what it was three years ago. So there's no shame in any of that. Now, me saying this out loud, does that mean that I no longer feel shame around these things? Um, no, <laughs> because shame is multifaceted. Shame is typically deeply rooted in things that probably stretch back into your soul's history, like possibly into past lifetimes. So it is interesting to explore uh, that 
shame and like, why do you have that? And where does that come from? And what is the programming that you've soaked up that is telling you that you're being bad right now by doing this? Um, because as I've said many times, like we are good, we are inherently good. And any time that we are seeing ourselves as bad, that's us pinching ourselves off from our own goodness. So there's nothing bad or wrong with basically anything. Um, it's all a matter of perspective and that it does feel like a layer. It feels like, like one level of kind of taking this shame off of me. Like it's definitely bringing it out into the light like this. Um, (laughs) it definitely lets some air out of the balloon, you know, and it's just, I don't know. There's something to it. Some I've said before too, like something about saying your story out loud. And I really don't think it matters. Like if anybody ever listens to it, I think it really is about you being willing to say your story out loud because like at this point, I mean, here we are on episode 54, I think this is. Um, and I, I've mentioned drinking a couple times, but I've never, ever gotten into it because I wasn't ready to say any of this out loud. So it's like that. It's like you can have an audience, you can have somebody who wants to hear every single thing about your life, and you can still choose to leave some stuff out because you're ashamed of that part. And I've been leaving some parts out because I'm ashamed of those parts. So yeah, here on the Owning Authenticity podcast, I feel like we've only begun to scratch the surface on Carly's authentic self and all the parts that she's leaving out because she's ashamed of them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think my, my inner being is like ratting me out here a little bit. My ego self is like locked in a closet somewhere and not allowed to come out. It's required to be able to make these episodes. I have to lock my ego in a closet and just say, this is, this is for the good of my soul. This is what my soul wants. My soul wants to tell its story and to, to shine a light, to just, just put, put an example out in the world that looks like this. You know, there's lots of different people in this world choosing to live their lives lots of different ways. And none of it is wrong. It's all beautiful. It's all diverse. It's all exactly as the universe intended. And my soul had an intention. And my soul wants an example in the world that looks like mine. And I'm proud of my example. I'm proud of my willingness to, even with shame on board, talk about things that are going on in my experience, because I think there's, there's a powerful ripple effect that comes out of my willingness to own my authenticity. Like it implicitly gives permission to everybody else. Like here, allow me to sign your permission slip that you can be your authentic self. That is totally allowed. Some people won't like it, Some people won't like it. That's the first truth you got to accept if you want to own your authentic self is that some people won't like it and you can't control who those people are. You know, like we say, like, 
oh yeah, I want to be authentic, but you know, I can't, I can't piss off my mom. I can't piss off my husband. I can't piss off my, my best friend or like whatever, but like some people won't like it and you can't control who those people are. So if that means walking away from a relationship that is your mom or your spouse or your friend of 30 years or anything, I mean, we also have to walk away from our old self. So yeah, growth includes loss. That's a, that's a conversation that I've been wanting to have for, I don't know, a few months. I've been circling around that topic. Um, and it's something that I got from my plants. My plants taught me this lesson because like I have this gigantic peace lily inherited it from my aunt and it is huge. And when you like open kind of the middle of the leaves, there are all these little baby leaves coming up in the middle of this plant. And the middle is so vibrant and so like right now and the next thing that's coming. And it's just this big, beautiful bunch of like bright green leaves. And then around the very outside of the plant. So like hanging down over the planter about four or five at a time, there are leaves that are like dying. There are those outside leaves, those oldest ones that they've been on there the longest and now they are subsiding to allow energy to go to the center of the plant and push up those new leaves, that new growth. Old pieces are falling away so that the energy is there to create the new pieces. That is that cycle of growth. Growth includes loss. There is a certain amount of death that goes into creating new life. Um, The death of our old self happens every time we move into our next stage. Um, And that happens as often as we as often as we allow it to, you know, my mom, she cracks me up. She's rock solid. I've I've said that many times and she is because she says like, I'm the same person I've been since I was 12. Like she just, she's the same. She's, she's rock solid. She's the same person. And she doesn't really have like these, these cycles of evolution. Me, I got them going on like every two years, every two and a half years. I, I go through another cycle of becoming someone different. So when people look at me and they see that I'm, I'm, you know, 33, I'm my age. And then I start talking. It's confusing to them sometimes why I sound like I'm like an 80 year old woman with all of this like life wisdom, because I feel like I've lived like 15 lifetimes (laughs) in this one, in these first 33 years, like every two and a half years, I become somebody different. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty fascinating, uh, to live. Um, and there's a lot of loss involved in all that growth, right? Like I've left behind old versions of myself many, many times. And I, I think all of this is coming together in this perfect timing as always, um, where, so yesterday and this morning, and then again, just for this episode, I have drawn the tower card out of the tarot deck. And if you are at all familiar with tarot, you know, the tower card, (laughs) it's, uh, it's infamous. Um, 
the tower, when you look at it, I mean, definitely check out the picture on the Instagram because I love the Lightseer's version of the tarot card or of the, sorry, of the tower card. Um, it is, it is like literally the earth is like evaporating. That's what it looks like. It's like the tower, imagine like the tower falls and now there is just total rubble on the ground. And that is all that's left of the tower. And then from that blank slate, from that rubble, you build the next version. It's a lot like the Phoenix rising from the ashes. You burn one down and a new one is born. And that's kind of like what my life is <laughs> basically every two and a half years, um, which you know, whatever it is, what it is like, this is part of my openness is I evolve. I evolve as much as I want. And here we are again with this tower card energy moving through me where I feel like I am undergoing yet another one of these evolutions. I feel like I've been in this cocoon for the last few years of, you know, drinking every day and opening my business and focusing externally a lot on getting that business going. Um, it was absolutely like giving birth to a child. And then like, you got a new baby, <laughs> right? Like if you have kids, you know, I don't have kids. I don't really want kids, but I do have this business. And I think it's a lot the same. It's like 24 seven. It needs you. It needs you for everything. <laughs> and now it's like grown and it's self-sufficient and mama can go and do new things and is free, all of these things. So yeah, I feel like I'm at this turning point energy, um, which is totally unfolding all by itself. Like I said, like, like on that Thursday where I resigned from the board position and we also hired the final person at the store that makes it possible for me to no longer work there. So at this point, like I, I am free. My, my slate is clear. So, you know, to that happened Thursday and then Saturday and today, Sunday, I'm drawing the tar the tower card. Like here we are. So I'm going to read all three of these cards to you. I haven't read through them myself yet, but I'm super excited to share this message because I wonder how many of you are going through something of a transformation yourself. If there's things that, you know, maybe you don't drink every day, but is there something that you feel ashamed about that you do every day that you kind of wish you didn't like, I don't know, then maybe there's a, a way to let yourself off the hook for something that you've been kind of circling around. Um, because I do think in the acceptance, which happened a while back, like a while back, I was just like, you know what? I do what I feel like doing and I feel like having beers. So I'm going to have beers. And when I don't feel like having beers anymore, then I won't feel like having beers anymore. And five days ago, I just like, didn't feel like having a beer. I was, I was tired. It wasn't worth it. And the next day I was like, I think I'm good. <laughs> like it just happened naturally. So I, I love that once again, like my soul wants this example in the world of like letting yourself do those things that maybe even you think they're unhealthy, but like indulging yourself and proving to yourself that you are willing to give yourself whatever you want. Like give yourself whatever you want and open the floodgates 
of lining yourself up with what you want. So like that, I think has been a really useful exercise. Like I, I am definitely going to be practicing like releasing and letting go and transmuting this shame that I had around my drinking into, no, no, it served me. That period of my life served me. It served its own purpose. It was there for a reason. And I, you know, at least for the last five days and probably today, I, I'm not there right now. I'm in a different place. So maybe this place is serving me now and I am free to move to whichever place feels like it will serve me the most at any given time. I'm free to do that. There's no shame in what that looks like in that moment. My soul is evolving day by day by day. And sometimes it needs one thing and other times it needs something different. So I think what I'm telling to myself is like, don't be so judgy about what that looks like. Let your soul lean into a better feeling place and let yourself go there. And restricting ourselves and telling ourselves no and holding ourselves back from what we want in the moment only shuts down the flow of everything that's coming to us. So opening that up, even if you have to feel a little bit ashamed of yourself, like at least you're indulging, at least you're going with your own flow and magical things come out of that. So the tower, the uh, keywords, unexpected change, chaos, the rug pulled from beneath your feet, beliefs challenged, new awareness and perspectives, destruction, and being unsure of who you are. Whoa, buckle up and expect the unexpected. Sometimes we resist change to the point that the universe shifts in a destructive and chaotic way that fundamentally changes how we see our reality. There is a strange beauty in this deconstruction, as all of the elements for a better life will be found amongst the rubble. Use this moment to rebuild something foundational, something extraordinary. Trust that you will be held by the universe and you'll become stronger and more resilient as a result. Tower moments are powerful. Moving, shifting, expanding. The tower energy in your life marks a period when you get to reevaluate, redirect, reestablish, and realign. It's magic in the disguise of unpredictability. The brightest of lights will pierce through the pandemonium of change that you are experiencing, and you will find your beautiful truth and blazing potential in the darkness of the tower. In chaos, I move toward the brightest light. Yeah, life evaporates and then it builds a new one. That's just how it seems to work in my world. Um, and I think it apparently is happening again. So the next card is nine of swords. And this card took me a second to build my relationship with it. Um, it, when I would read it, it instantly feels like really negative and heavy and I would push it away. And then at one point along the way, I, I softened into it and there is such empowerment in what this card is saying. Um, so yeah, see if you can open up to the empowerment that's here. The keywords are nightmares, worry, feelings of depression or anxiety, 
insomnia, fear, an opportunity to find courage, a time to focus on safety and the things that are going well in your life. What's keeping you up at night, sweet seer? This card suggests a time in your life when negative thoughts are gaining momentum and when you may find yourself expand, sorry, expending too much energy worrying about the future. Perception is everything, so don't allow negative self-talk to trip you up. If a pessimistic mindset spirals wildly out of control, it can lead to anxiety, stress, or depression even when your thoughts carry no truth. Are you imagining the worst instead of activating the best? Flip your perspective and send nurturing, loving thoughts to your situation to overcome any disturbing thoughts. Look to the light in your situation and notice that even the tiniest window of brightness can keep fear at bay. Use your light to expose the illusions and allow worries to dissipate and soften as your bad dreams are illuminated for what they really are. I see my fears as the illusions that they are. And like I said, I've softened into this one big time. So I was, I was like, Ooh, interesting. Didn't really think about it. And then here I am talking at the very beginning about my drinking and my lack of exercise and my little baby momentum of three and five days of working towards like building some habits here. Um, and then there's this card of, I see my fears as the illusions that they are that if a pessimistic mindset spirals wildly out of control, it can lead to anxiety, stress, or depression, even when your thoughts carry no truth. Like, like this shame that I felt around my drinking and my, and my lack of exercise, those are stories that I tell to myself, right? There's nobody in my life that is shaming me for these things. Nobody, well, I keep it mostly to myself, so I don't really give people the chance to shame me for it because I got plenty of that already going on. I don't need any more of you guys contributing to tell me this is bad because I already thought it was bad. And so I kept it to myself. And there is such empowerment in realizing that all of that is like a fluid state of emotion. All of that is all that like negative emotion or that shame is a signal of something that is ready to be healed and at this point, looking at this card and reading this description, um, look to the light in your situation and notice that even the tiniest window of brightness can keep fear at bay. Use your light to expose the illusions and allow worries to dissipate and soften as your bad dreams are illuminated for what they really are. They're horror stories that we tell to ourselves and we torment ourselves. And I am guilty. I am, I do this still even with everything that I've learned, even with all the self-love that I've practiced, I still have things that I beat myself up about. I'm worried that if people found out about it, they would look at me differently. And I worried about managing that perception of other people and what they thought of me. And I just, I don't know, like this feels like part of the tower and part of the old reality that's dissipating is this fear around 
what others are going to think. And I was also thinking this morning and appreciating um, that I think my authenticity, I intend for it to be off-putting to the wrong people. So if there are people who don't like it, I will know those are not my people, right? Like, at least then I'll know. I'll know right off the bat. Like, I want to be one of those people that you either love it or you hate it. There's no in-between, right? Like, I am so clear on who I am that people love me. I recognize them. They are my people. Hello, I embrace you automatically because you obviously get it. And that means that we're vibrationally aligned and yay, new friend. And if somebody doesn't get it, then to just let it go. And like I've talked, I mean, I've talked about this on many episodes. So like, it's one of those things where it's a practice and it's a peeling the layers and letting go on a deeper and deeper level. Cause I do still worry, you know, like I, there's, there's residue of that still. Um, but it is getting so much easier, easier and easier and easier. The more I go along and love myself more and lean more towards my soul and ask my soul what it wants and lean into that as much as I can tolerate. Right. A lot of times what our soul wants makes us nervous, makes us uncomfortable makes us scared of facing our fears and all of that. And seriously, like I, it's so funny that I even let fear hold me back sometimes at this point, which I still do because I've faced fears so many times that I know that like on the other side of facing it, it's not scary anymore. Like as soon as you face it, it's over, right? Like that's the last, that's all you got to do is like, look at it. And then it's, it's not scary anymore. And yeah. I still let fear hold me back sometimes, but again, I'm getting better and better and better at not doing that, at recognizing it for what it is. So the third card is the Fool, Major Arcana Zero. The keywords are new beginnings, potential, adventures, enthusiasm, awakening, innocence, and optimism. Every dream achieved begins with the seemingly foolish notion that there is something bigger out there, something greater to explore and to become. This childlike optimism comes from deep within your knowing, and it reminds you that you can achieve all the magical things that you've been dreaming about. The journey of the soul begins with a single step and you may find yourself on the edge of an epic journey. Turn toward your future with enthusiasm and know that a divine leap of faith is required in order to claim the reward that the abyss is offering. You may not feel ready, you may not be ready, but there is magic in the air and the universe is waiting to support you with infinite love and guidance. Trust your intuition as you swan dive into the seed of potential. I am ready for this adventure down my soul path. Which that one, I mean, ah, oh, you gotta love that. Like the tower, my current reality is crumbling. The nine of swords, my fears are dissipating as the illusions that they've always been. And zero, the fool, there is a new life. There is a new life. Every time the phoenix burns down, a new one rises from the ashes. We are here to become. 
we are here to evolve our soul. And if my current reality is dissipating into a blank slate, then that means that a new reality is ready to emerge. And I, again, like I said, I've gone through this enough times that I know every time this happens, it gets better and better and better. Creating a new life from a blank slate is like my absolute favorite thing. And because of that, I, I tend to be the words that are coming to mind are cavalier and flippant, um, about loss. Like I don't sweat loss hardly at all because I know that when you lose stuff and your slate gets cleared, that means that a new reality that needed that space is coming. And on that blank surface, a new world is built. And I've watched it happen in my life multiple times. And here I am getting to watch it happen again and getting to share it with you, getting to share it in this space of leaning into my soul day by day by day. And we all get to watch what happens from that. It's like a science experiment. I'm, this, this podcast is like a Petri dish and we all get to look in and see what's happening. Like if we do this, if we ask our soul what it wants, and then we do that, we follow that guidance. What does your life become? This is the experiment that I am devoting my life to. And so far, so good. So far, really good. Um, I love this, you know, like I love that even with drinking every day, I started this podcast six months ago and here I am, here I am kind of breaking free from all of these things that are not vibrationally aligned with where I am now, clearing out all of these outdated things and it's been happening. I mean, I feel like this tower energy has been clearing stuff out of my life since really since I, well, I hired my life coach last summer and it kind of all started from there. So this was like a year ago because the first thing that happened was I put my foot down and we transitioned managing the grocery store to somebody else. So that got me freed up five days a week. That was the first thing that happened. So that was a big clearing. Um, And from there, oh my goodness, I launched my spiritual business and then I ghosted that friend and then my grandma died and I hibernated for three and a half months and basically ghosted everyone. And then I emerged. And when I emerged, like I said, it was like a cocoon that had been there for several years and now it's breaking open and Leo season hit and my self-expression went through the roof and it all just unfolded one step at a time. The journey of the soul starts with a single step. There was, um, I drew cards this morning and like I said, I got the tower card and I had drawn three and I got the idea after a while to draw a clarifying card for each of the three. And the clarifying card for the tower was the magician. And I am going to go ahead and read it to you just for fun. Um, So the magician, Major Arcana 1, 
And I'll put it in the picture too, um, under the tower so that you know that that was the clarifier for that one and that energy of this like blank slate that's being cleared out so that you have all of this massive amount of space in your life and what is coming next. So the keywords, skill, natural talents, powers of manifestation, creativity, and resourcefulness. The magician brings forth a powerful message of creation and potential. You are magic. You have everything you need to succeed. Badass manifesting energy from the cosmos, all the skills you require, they're at your fingertips. Beautiful creator, go create. Activate the magic in your veins by focusing your energy, willpower, desire, and actions. When you consciously step into your personal power and decide to shape the material world in this way, every breath in and every breath out is an opportunity to carve new meanings and new perspectives into reality. If you are unsure of your ability to create the life you desire, Trust in the latent potential that resides within you. Feeling less than inspired at this time reminds you that it's time to find your muse, find your spark, find your why. With everything you need sitting in front of you like a giant universe cauldron, what is it that you desire to bring to life? And what can you do today that will bring it one step closer to reality? And it was that that what is it that you want that you desire to bring to life and what can you do today that will bring it one step closer to reality and like what i can do right now is celebrate how amazing yesterday was like in terms of i i play the lottery sometimes i get scratch off tickets sometimes and i really like it i like the the fun of getting to see if you're going to win and then the rush if you do win i like all of that and I dream about winning the lottery and like millions or billions of dollars that are at my disposal and I never have to want for money ever again and how awesome that would feel. And I am 1000% positive that yesterday was better than any lottery jackpot I could ever win. Like I, I was sitting here learning and absorbing and soaking up human design for like nine hours yesterday total by the time it was all said and done. And like I said this morning, I was like tense and sore from how excited I was yesterday. And there would be times when I was sitting here at my computer, like totally alone in my whole house. And I would just sit back in my chair and laugh, like laugh out loud because this is so fun. And I was like, just like on a roller coaster or something like so freaking gleeful, like gleefully. Oh yes. I told somebody I gleefully sacrificed that time in pursuit of this beautiful, powerful knowledge. It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure to soak it all up. It will be my pleasure to make so many more episodes about human design. I cannot wait. Um, and yeah, I think when it comes to what does it mean to really win the lottery, I've learned that days like yesterday, it just doesn't get any better than that. When your mind is engaged and you're having fun and you're losing track of time and you feel the stars aligning in your right here, right now moment, you feel the power 
coursing through you that you think like all of this was just made so that you could understand it. It's like a mental orgasm. It really is. And I had multiple mental orgasms yesterday. If I'm being, if I'm holding the truth stick, I, it was such a delicious day. And yeah, I think as far as abundance goes, abundance of fun, abundance of joyful energy, abundance of interesting things for my brain to focus into so much better than a bunch of monopoly money can ever be. And that it wouldn't matter if I won the lottery or not. The experience I had yesterday was free. So that had nothing to do with money. No, no amount of financial wealth could have purchased the joy that I had yesterday that source lined me up with perfectly. I drew one tiny little slip of paper with one word out of the mermaid jar. I had the idea to draw a slip of paper out of the mermaid jar for the first time in probably, I don't know, a week or so since I've even thought about that mermaid jar. And then it pops in my head and then I draw out manifester and that prompts a nine hour excavation (laughs) a dig into human design and what does it all mean and I learned a lot yesterday and I'm so excited to get to be able to share it um, whenever that time comes and you know like at this point I I'm just like really satisfied with how much I learned yesterday. Like I know exactly where I'm headed next, what I want to still know more about. It's, I'm still just like marinating on how powerful it was to learn about the open energy centers in your chart. And that's my next episode. Like I, I want to read more about it. I want to soak up so much, but today I need to go to the store. It's like my last weekend of being responsible for the store. Um, and I need to go there. I need to place my order. I have things that I need to do outside of this super fun energy. And it's really okay because I'm still like full. Like you eat a big meal. That's like the best meal you've ever had. And maybe the next morning you don't want breakfast because you're still full from yesterday. So it's like that. Like I'm, I'm just like satisfied and content and celebrating this powerful energy that moved through me yesterday. It was so powerful. It left me sore, like my shoulders and my neck. I woke up at like four o'clock with like the worst tension headache and took something for it and went back to bed and woke up this morning and was like, wow, wow. I feel like I got hit by a truck, but like a truck of joy, a truck of like joyful, sprinkly fairy energy that, oh my gosh, it was like pure magic in this office yesterday. And mm, no amount of money would have been would have been possible to buy that. I did it all for free. That nine hours was like totally unpaid. It was all just for fun. Um, I don't need to know anything about human design. Nobody's probably going to pay me to know anything about human design. It's just one more tool for my toolbox. And it took me nine hours yesterday. And who knows how many hours in the future I'll lose to it lose. That's what, that's how I had to clarify it. Cause I said, I lost that time to learning about human design. And then I corrected myself and said, lost isn't the right word. I gleefully sacrificed that time. It was life giving time. It was, it was me getting to hook up with my own unique brilliance. 
like the genius way that my mind will soak up new information. It is one of my best gifts and treating myself to nine hours of learning yesterday was basically like a spa day, um, of just like pampering, just pampering myself with new information all day long. And it was absolutely freaking lovely. So yeah, that's, that's about all I got. Well, and the thing is about to cut me off anyway. So I guess that's enough gushing. Um, is there such a thing as enough gushing when you feel just really, really blissful? I don't think so. So I'll just carry that in my mind throughout my day and I'll see you all again soon. And until next time, dear friends, take real good care, indulge whatever you want, and so will I.